lauda și gloria. Ciao!
It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I want to feel a little Southern in there. I just got to throw that in there. Psalms 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Amen. Now that the Lord, he is good. It is he who made us and he who is him. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast Steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness is to all generations. Amen. Amen. It is good to be here today. I woke up this morning. It was 54 degrees. I have not experienced that since Lake Tahoe. It was crisp and refreshing, nice deep breath, no smoke in the air. It was a nice, good morning. Beautiful morning. It is good to be in the house of the Lord. I'm telling you. We got a lot of things going on today. As you can see, beautiful curtains behind us, all set up. Beautiful baptism happening tonight. Beautiful opportunity for people to declare in public and say, I am going to give my life to the Lord once and for all. We have beautiful guest speakers, people, friends, family. It's going to be a good day. Today, I want us to pray and give God thanks and the Lord thanks for today. I also want to pray for the messages today, that our hearts be open, that the Holy Spirit just guide our hearts to be able to receive the message for the people here to, to, to perform for the Lord and for us to be able to take joy in this, like the Bible says. In this prayer, let's pray for these things. Amen. Let's pray.
부르시면 끝나. 대우 글로리아 라우다스 피에누메레 도노이 프라치스로리 마부고르사 피오나차스타 디미네아스 프레모네 쿠니노스 바두스살루터 델라 비세리카 골고타 딘 시카고 온데 스루제스크 도노스바 비네코인데세 자시마스라주 살루터 스인데 펜트루 파스토리 에이차 보르도 파스토랄 프라세 딘 보드 메오스포사 두스살루터 라 프라티레 모이세 카르누 데모네 아프고토 빌스 니 아프고토 마레 부쿠리에스 피에코노이 Frații și surori, mă bucur să fiu în această dimineață la timpul premergător sărbătorii dumneavoastră. 
Este o mare binecuvântare. Noi am avut botez două săptămâni în urmă. Am avut șapte candidați. Binecuvântat să fie numele Domnului. Am înțeles că aveți cinci candidați. Rugați-vă pentru ei. Rugați-vă pentru ei. Dimineața aceasta am însărcinarea să vă aduc un gând și în același timp să vă provoc. Probabil că fratele Moise mi-a spus pe fiecare cu bordeiul lui. Dimineața aceasta nu e ca la Chicago, la Sacramento, nici la Sacramento ca la Chicago. Dar aș vrea să vă îndemn, frații și surori, să vă încurajez că în dimineața aceasta faptul că noi suntem aici este doar harul și îndurarea lui Dumnezeu. Binecuvântat să fie numele Domnului! De aceea am să citesc un cuvânt, puteți să rămâneți jos, nu trebuie să vă ridicați în picioare. Și observați ce zice cuvântul lui Dumnezeu în Evanghelia după Ioan, capitolul 14. Am să citesc trei versete și la urmă o să mai citesc un verset. Zice cuvântul Domnului aici așa. Dacă mă iubiți, veți păzi poruncile mele și eu voi ruga pe tatăl, tatăl și el vă va da un alt mângăitor care să rămână cu voi în viac. Amin? Amin. M-a provocat cântarea tinerilor din această dimineață. Prima cântare. În viac să fie lăudat. În viac rămâne cu noi. Binecuvântăm numele Domnului Fracii Stroși. În dimineața aceasta aș vrea să vă spun că avem motive suficiente și chiar foarte multe să binecuvântăm numele Domnului, să lăudăm pe El. Pentru că El merită toată gloria, El merită toată lauda și slava. A Lui să fie în veci din veșnicie în veșnicie. Observați ce zice versetul 17. Și anume Duhul adevărului pe care lumea nu-l, nu-l poate primi, pentru că nu-l vede și nu-l cunoaște, dar voi îl cunoașteți că își rămâne cu voi și va fi în veci cu voi. Lăudați să fie numele Domnului. Ce interesant! În veac, Duhul Sfânt al Lui Dumnezeu este cu noi. Atunci când ne-a pecetluit, când ne-a născut din nou, pentru că, frații și surori, haidem să recunoaștem, niciun pastor, niciun popă, niciun prelat, nu poate naște pe cineva din nou. Amin? Doar Duhul Sfânt al Lui Dumnezeu, în primul rând, ne convinge de păcat. Apoi ne vorbește Duhul Sfânt al Lui Dumnezeu face foarte multe lucruri. Dimineața aceasta, frații și surori, aș vrea pentru cei care se botează și probabil că n-au botezul cu Duhul Sfânt sau poate sunt în sală, frați care n-au botezul cu Duhul Sfânt, rugați-le pe Duhul Sfânt să vă boteze. Amin? Este așa de important. Este așa de important. Nu ultima dată când am fost aici, a penultima dată, mi-aduc aminte că fratele meu se m-a invitat, a fost plină sala de dincolo, am avut câteva seri de rugăciune. A fost extraordinar. A fost extraordinar. Un timp de părtășef noastră, mi-aduc aminte că Dumnezeu ne-a vorbit în, într-un mod extraordinar de frumos. Vreau să vă spun că Duhul Sfânt al lui Dumnezeu vorbește, frați și surori. Probabil că s-a vorbit în dimineața aceasta și mă bucur că sunteți aici, pentru că Dumnezeu ne va vorbi în continuare. Aș vrea să... Vă spun că cei de la Chicago se rogă, cei de la Sacramento se rogă, 
și Biserica Domnului Isus Hristos Universală îl proclamă pe el ca Domn. Acum, bătălia cea mai mare este așa cum știți și probabil că fratele Moise o să anunțe una dintre cauze să ne rugăm pentru țara aceasta, pentru președinte, pentru evenimentele care urmează, dar indiferent, frații și indiferent cine va fi președinte în țara aceasta, indiferent cine va conduce țara aceasta, aș vrea să vă spun că Dumnezeu n-a pierdut niciodată nicio bătălie. Slăvit să fie numele Lui! Sigur, avem obligația să ne rugăm pentru cei care sunt, măcar au principiile scripturale, măcar au principiile familiare. Familia este lovită din toate părțile. Este efectiv sfârticată în vremurile acestea. Însă Dumnezeu care ne știe, care ne cunoaște și sunt convins că toți părinți se roagă pentru copiii. Noi rugăm pentru familia bisericii noastre. Însă în mod special, frații și aș vrea să vă spun că rugăciunea aceasta ar trebui să o facem în primul rând cu credință, amin? amin. Și apoi să facem rugăciunea aceasta în numele Domnului Iisus Hristos, binecuvântat să fie numele Lui. Amin. El rămâne în viac. El este cu noi în viac. A Lui să fie toată lauda, toată cinstea, toată gloria și slava. Observați ce zice versetul 13. Și orice veți cere în numele meu, voi face, pentru ca Tatăl să fie proslăvit în Fiul. Dacă veți cere ceva în numele meu, voi face, zice cuvântul Domnului. Nu pentru că pastorul are merite, nu pentru că grupul de laudă cântă, ci pentru gloria și slava unui Dumnezeu veșnic. Domnul Isus Hristos a spus că ne va asculta rugăciunile. Dacă vom cere ceva, și lucrul acesta este așa de important, frate și surori, dacă cerem ceva în această dimineață, în primul rând, să cerem cu credință. Amin? În al doilea rând, să cerem în numele Domnului Isus Hristos, slăvit să fie numele Lui. Pentru că ce numele Lui ne-am, ne-am adunat în dimineața aceasta. Pentru gloria și slavă unui Dumnezeu veșnic, noi suntem aici în locul acesta. Biserica lui Isus Hristos este în locul acesta. Pentru gloria și slavă unui Dumnezeu veșnic, binecuvântat să fie numele Domnului. Pentru că timpul ne presează, aș vrea să mă opresc aici. Și în dimineața aceasta, frații și surori, Duhul Sfânt al lui Dumnezeu să conducă rugăciunea noastră. Amin? Duhul Sfânt să ne vorbească. Duhul Sfânt să ne sfințească. Nu poate să ne sfințească altcineva. Duhul Sfânt ne sfințește. Cuvântul Scripturii ne sfințește. Să-l citim, să-l adorăm, să-l binecuvântăm. Și surori, al lui Dumnezeu să fie toată gloria, toată laudă și slava. Fratele Moise, păstorul bisericii, va anunța cauzele și apoi ne vom ruga în numele Domnului Isus Hristos și cu toată credința. Amin. Prayer request. Avem tot felul de dorințe, de nevoi cu care să venim înaintea Domnului. Vrem să le prezentăm înaintea lui Dumnezeu, pentru că Dumnezeul nostru mai lucrează și azi. El se ocupă de nevoile noastre și de problemele cu care suntem confruntați. Cred că sunteți conștienți de marea nevoie pe care o avem să ne rugăm pentru Amy Connie Barrett, care urmează să fie numită pentru Supreme Court. Ne rugăm ca Dumnezeu să-și facă voia și el să o binecuvinteze și să o folosească. Am vrea să ne rugăm pentru președintele Trump. Another 10 days și o să fie alegerile aici în America. 
Aș vrea ca să ne rugăm că foarte mult depinde viitorul nostru de viitorul țării în care noi trăim. Și am vrea să ne rugăm ca Domnul să facă țara aceasta să rămână cu adevărat creștină. Ca Dumnezeu să se ocupe și dorința mea este, dacă se poate, Dumnezeu să-i dea încă patru ani președintelui Trump. Amin. Nu chiar toți au spus amin, dar... <laughs> okay. Ne rugăm pentru voia Domnului în sensul acesta. Pe de altă parte, aș vrea să ne rugăm pentru cei de la școala dominicală care sunt în spate... Sunt copiii dumneavoastră care au nevoie de ajutorul Domnului. Foarte multe biserici în perioada aceasta nu se adună deloc. Noi chemăm, îi îndemnăm pe cei care vor și doresc să fie împreună cu noi la închinare, să vină, să se închine înaintea lui Dumnezeu. Așa cum spuneam duminica trecută, cine se îmbolnăvește în biserică, Domnul vindecă cât de repede. Dar nu trebuie să vă fie frică. Cel care ne poate păzi e Dumnezeu și El se ocupă de viața noastră, de nevoile noastre. De aceea ne rugăm pentru toți cei care sunt afectați de pandemie ca Dumnezeu să le dea vindecare. Apoi, stimații mei, din Israel, fratele păstor Eugen Mitria are un prieten evreu la care și eu am fost acasă În două rânduri la un diner, e un bărbat care are foarte mult admirație față de români și apoi de asemenea față de creștini. Fratele Eugen apelează pentru ca să ne rugăm pentru prietenul sau bărbatul acesta care este de 82 de ani și are nevoie de intervenția Domnului. El trece prin suferințe foarte mari are un sentiment de frică, mai presus de partea omenească. Ne rugăm ca Dumnezeu să-i mântuiască sufletul. Aceasta e primul lucru care îl vrea Dumnezeu. Apoi am vrea să aducem înaintea Domnului Eugenia Craiu din Australia, care înțeleg că trece printr-o criză foarte mare pe care Domnul o cunoaște și Dumnezeul mângăierilor să fie acolo și El să intervină. Sora Doris Sava este programată pentru o operație, dânsa este în dimineața aceasta aici, apelează la dumneavoastră ca să ne rugăm pentru ea, ne rugăm ca Domnul să-și pună mâna pe semâna doctorilor. Amen. Și Dumnezeu, prin ei, prin intervenția care are loc, să-i aducă vindecare. Amen. În timp ce veneam pe drum la biserică, am primit următorul text message, Să ne rugăm Domnului pentru Gabi Ilioi din Los Angeles, care este în comă în spital, a avut a massive heart attack and is only 42 years old. La 42 de ani a avut încercarea aceasta foarte mare, ne rugăm pentru el, pentru familie, Dumnezeu să aibă milă de el. Am un prieten care, spuneam și miercuri seara, s-a accidentat la picior, are nevoie de vindecarea lui Dumnezeu, i-am promis că ne, mă voi ruga pentru el și am promis că și biserica va fi conștientizată de nevoia aceasta, Domnul să-și pună mâna peste el. Fratele Anton Damian din Portland, tatăl fraților Damian, cântăreții, 
este foarte greu încercat cu COVID-ul, este la spital, are nevoie de intervenția Domnului, cerem ca mâna Domnului să fie peste viața dânsului. Pentru fratele Nelu Moț, care a revenit acasă de la spital, are nevoie de asemenea de intervenția Domnului, ne rugăm pentru sora Eva Covaci și fiecare beca din Cluj, care are cancer, Dumnezeu să aibă milă și să lucreze. Pentru sora Maria Dan din Cluj, care de asemenea este diagnosticată cu COVID și are nevoie de mâna al Domnului Dumnezeu să lucreze. Aș vrea să te întreb, dacă tu ai trece prin asemenea situație, ai vrea biserica să se roage pentru tine? Cred că toți zicem Dumnezeu să lucreze. Sunt atâtea cauze cu care venim înaintea Domnului, probleme spirituale de sănătate, probleme în relațiile noastre cu Domnul. Aș vrea să ne rugăm și pentru proiectul de construcție ca Dumnezeu, nu numai clădirea să pregătească, să pregătească și inimile noastre, să facă ca Duhul Domnului să fie la lucru. Ne ridicăm cu toți în picioare și așa cum declară omului Dumnezeu, Dumnezeu este adăpostul și sprijinul nostru, un ajutor care nu lipsește niciodată în nevoie. De aceea nu ne temem, chiar dacă s-ar zgudui pământul și s-ar clătina munții în inima mărilor. Psalmistul nu s-a uitat la contextul problemelor care erau în jurul lui. El a privit asupra unui Dumnezeu care e suveran și care are toate lucrurile în control. Noi ne rugăm pentru America, Doamne, mai cercetează Doamne, ocupă-te de casele noastre, de familiile noastre și fă numele Tău de laudă. Cu toți așa cum stăm, ne rugăm Domnului, Tatăl nostru.
Ne-am chinat înaintea Domnului împreună cu corul mixt, după care frații Stolanec laudă pe Domnul și în urmă orchestra. Vă invit cu respect să vă reașezați.
pentru frații și surorile care aveți probleme de sănătate și poate că nu puteți de fiecare dată să vă ridicați în picioare când frații și biserica se ridică. Vă rugăm să nu vă jigniți, rămâneți la locul dumneavoastră dacă aveți probleme de sănătate, dar pentru cei care putem, vrem să onorăm pe Domnul, ascultând cuvântul Domnului citit, așa cum biserica are în programul de citire cuvântul Domnului în dimineața aceasta, Faptele Apostolilor, capitolul 9. Fratele Geaș Toderean va citi cuvântul Domnului în engleză, vă invit să îl urmărim și cu respect cu toții ne ridicăm în picioare. Acts chapter 9 from the ESV. But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the, to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he, and he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for, the man, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done to, you, to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for, my sake of, for the sake of my name. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus, and immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue, saying, he is the Son of God. And all who heard, heard him were amazed and said, Is this not the man who made havoc in Jerusalem of, uh, made havoc of, in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name? And has he not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who lived in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. Then many days, when many days had passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul. They were watching the gates day and night in order to kill him, but his disciples took him, took him by night and led him down through an opening in the wall, lowering him in, an, in a basket. 
And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples, and they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went out in and out he went in and out among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who, were, who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died. And, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the, window, all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with, with one Simon a tanner. Amen. Haideți să cântăm Domnului de încă o cântare și ne închinăm cu darurile noastre de bunăvoie. Dumnezeu să vă binecuvinteze dărnicia și El să o primească. În timp ce cântăm, frații responsabili cu colecta ne ajută. Vă invit să vă reocupați locurile. Amen. 
We're so happy this morning to have visitors with us. And I'm so glad to see again my friend and laborer in the work of the Lord, Dr. Sean O'Neill and his wife, uh, Cheryl and daughter, Lauren. Would you please stand up for a second? Haideți să le spunem un welcome și Dumnezeu să-i binecuvinteze. God bless you. Thank you. De asemenea, lângă dânsii sunt frații și prietenii noștri din Elei, familia Lucaci. Haideți să le spunem și lor un bun venit. Dumnezeu să-i binecuvinteze. Amen. Că stand up, stand up, yes. Familiei Sav, de asemenea, fratelui Pavel, deja pe dânsul l-ați văzut. Salutăm și pe sora Ancuța. Însă este acolo undeva în spate. Dacă ridicați o mână, măcar să vă vadă frații. Haideți să le spunem bun venit, Domnul să-i binecuvinteze. And to all of you care sunteți cu noi în dimineața aceasta, dorim ca Dumnezeu să vă binecuvinteze. După masa aceasta, la ora 6, avem o sărbătoare a bisericii în care, în slujba divină, mai multe suflete își vor declara credința lor personală în Dumnezeu Ne rugăm ca Domnul să binecuvinteze toate familiile și în mod deosebit pe cei care se botează. Pentru cei care se botează și familiile dânșilor și cei care vor să facă poze împreună cu ei, you have to be here at least 5.30 p.m., the latest to be here, să facem poze în grup și apoi de asemenea să puteți face poze cu familia. And one more advice for tonight. Știu că acum avem pe toți cei care sunt la școala dominicală în spate, de seară va fi aglomerat. My advice, come in time, să ai loc de parcare. Vom avea pentru toți loc de parcare, dar e bine să ținem cont și de această realitate. De asemenea, să ne rugăm Domnului ca El să binecuvinteze Părtășia noastră din seara aceasta și Dumnezeu să lucreze. Pentru marți seara există o programare a unei repetiții, un girls choir practice, care să aibă loc marți seara la ora 7, aici la biserică. Și grupa aceasta se pregătește pentru uh, Christmas concert, Și toate surorile de la 12 ani în sus, they are welcome to come and join and Tuesday at 7 to be here for the rehearsal. De asemenea, ne rugăm Domnului și pentru miercuri seara când vom avea părtășie. Biserica se adună aici înăuntru și așa cum cunoașteți dumneavoastră, Kids Choir and Youth Choir, they will have their rehearsal in the back. Apoi continuăm cu săptămâna aceasta, sigur, joi seara, corul mixt, repetiție. Sâmbătă, 31st of October, noi avem Hallelujah Night, which is especially for families with kids. They can come here and uh, have fellowship. Sigur că tinerii, copiii vor primi totdeauna pizza. Dacă ești mai în vârstă, de o anumită vârstă, trebuie să te deghizezi să poți primi pizza. I'm just smiling. Deci, intenționăm să fie pentru familie un ajutor. Noi nu celebrăm Halloween, 
nu credem în așa ceva, e demonic, este drăcesc, nu are nimic de a face cu Evanghelia și cu adevărul lui Dumnezeu. Pe de altă parte, vrem să celebrăm și să fie o seară în care numele Domnului să fie glorificat. De aceea vă invităm să țineți cont de lucrul acesta. Apoi, pentru duminica viitoare, prima duminica a lunii noiembrie, ne vom pregăti pentru cina Domnului la slujba de dimineață și în atenția dumneavoastră trebuie să fie de asemenea duminica viitoare se va schimba ora. Să țineți cont de lucrul acesta, să fim la timp la biserică și în atenția dumneavoastră de asemenea vreau să subliniez încă o dată Benefit Dinner care este programat pentru noiembrie 7. November the 7th, the Benefit Dinner of 2020 year, o să avem la ora 5.30, ne rugăm ca Domnul să ne binecuvinteze. Haideți să ne închinăm împreună cu corul mixt, sora Rebecca Ilaș cu un solo și din nou orchestră.
Dumnezeu să binecuvinteze toți muzicanții. Ne-au încântat inimile cu darul pe care Dumnezeu a investit în viața lor. Am un anunț de care am uitat să-l prezint în fața dumneavoastră, nu e ceva nou și e omenesc, se mai întâmplă și așa. Vreau să vă anunț că The New Church Caregiver este familia Urduc, fratele Mike și sora Jenny, dorind în toată inima ca Domnul să-i binecuvintează. Cred că îi cunoașteți, nu? Ne rugăm ca Domnul să-i folosească și să se bucure și ei și noi. It's an honor and privilege to have Dr. Shannon Neal with us this morning to uh, preach the Word of God. He is an administrative bishop for the Churches of God in California and Nevada. And I'm honored together with the church to have you, Dr. Shannon Neal, with us, knowing that you have so many churches you could be and so many places where uh, you are needed. And even though you have decided to come and see a beautiful Romanian church. And uh, uh, we're so happy to have you this morning. Let's prepare our uh, hearts for the Word of God. And as uh, uh, we prepare our hearts, the worship team will lead us. Would you stand up and let's worship the Lord and then we'll hear the, the Word of God. Come here.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. We pray your yes. anointing on this message yes. and on this moment. God, we glorify you today and we declare that you are holy, Hallelujah. holy, holy. We pray in the power and the anointing of Jesus Christ, Amen. in the power of your Holy Spirit. Yes. Challenge us, change us, strengthen us, yes. send us. God, let us change the world in your name. Yes. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. It is an honor and delight to be here with you today and with my friend, Pastor uh, Moses, good friend. I remember some years ago I visited here and we, we uh, hung out together and watched the Super Bowl <laughs> before we came back to church. But it is a delight to be here with you and it's an, a real privilege for me to have the opportunity to travel with my wife and daughter and we are so excited to be with you and visit. I want to share with you for a few moments today, the subject or the title of this message is simply this, Something Within. And the subtitle would be Redeemed to Live, Empowered to Go, and Equipped to Serve. God has given us power and anointing, 
and he empowers our life. I'll share more about that in a moment. But I read now and point to the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The book of Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Very familiar passage of Scripture. Jesus instructing his disciples states these words. After that, the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You shall be my witnesses to the whole world. This scripture is a powerful scripture. It is a scripture of sending. It is a scripture of going. It is a scripture of being filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. It is a scripture that Jesus Christ is communicating to his disciples. I want you to be filled with this power because I want you to accomplish my work. Right in this one passage of scripture embodies the mandate and the mission to the church to go to profess, to proclaim. In this passage of Scripture, we are called to be light in the darkness, I believe, by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. When I was a child going to church with my parents in Sunday school, I learned a song. It's a little children's song, and it simply says this, This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bush? No. I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. There's another part of that song that says, won't let Satan blow it out. And we used to put our finger up and go, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Well, the light is Jesus Christ. The light is the Son of God. The light is the reality that Jesus came to seek and save all who are lost. But unfortunately, in many churches today and in the body of Christ around the world, especially in the United States and Europe, in places that would be considered postmodern or post-Christian or we've been more enlightened than everyone else and we know better now. Because we're smarter and we learn more and we begin to think and deconstruct. The reality is this, in that whole environment, we've learned to put that light in our pocket, if you will. Or hide it somewhere. Or if we're in the public atmosphere, we tend to not talk about Jesus in the same ways that 40 or 50 or 30 or 20 years ago, when we were in the public sphere, we might have been more willing to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. But today, in our culture, in our society, we find ourselves being more pushed. Pushed, if you will pushed by the environment and the society, pushed by tradition, pushed by what others might think of us, pushed by the willingness to be comfortable in complacency, pushed by the resistance that we would surrender completely to God and pushed even by our humanness, 
our flesh, and at times our temptation or propensity to sin. The result of our being pushed is that we as the church have learned to experience the entertainment of church without walking in the power of the church. The power of the church is the anointing power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus Christ breaks the yoke of sin. Jesus Christ breaks the chains of sin. And he sends the Holy Spirit to empower us to live and to breathe and to move in his being and to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. There is something within us that propels and compels us that we cannot be quiet We cannot be silent. We cannot be pushed into a box, into a closet, into a place somewhere. We are the church of the living God, empowered by the presence and anointing of Jesus Christ. And therefore we stand. We stand and we speak and we proclaim. Being the church stretches us, pulls us if you will, and pulls what is inside of us out of us and causes us to become influencers in our culture more than we become influenced by our culture. Causes us to heal the wounded, feed the hungry, and give life to people in every possible way, every day that we live, communicating the gospel of Jesus Christ through our lives. In this nation... This country, the United States of America, we find ourselves very challenged today because on our money, it says in God we trust. When we pledge allegiance to the flag, we say one nation under God. But today the reality is less than 10% of the population of 330 million people living in the United States of America on this day, October 25th, in this moment, will attend a church. In 1906, 80% of the population attended church on Sunday. By 1996, that number was 40%. By the year 2006, that number was 20%. And today, less than 10%. In this nation that was once a Christian nation. Today we are a secular nation. As we move down this path toward a nation that is no longer a nation under God in its practice, but rejects God at every turn, we are called by Christ as the church to not be pushed aside, to proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, And even in the midst of the darkness of our culture, to lift up the name of Jesus and realize in our life that coming to a building and coming to a church and gathering together is because we are 
connected together with a unity that comes with Jesus. And there is something within us that compels us to proclaim that Jesus lives. He lives. He lives. He lives. He is alive. He is real. He is valid. There is power in his name. There is authority in his name. There is victory in his name. His name is Jesus Christ. And there is no other name under heaven by which a man or woman might be saved. All of creation is crying out to us, the church, to live and lead and be the church. We are redeemed to live. That word redeem literally means to set free and rescue. We are empowered to go. We are equipped to serve. We are born again. We are Holy Spirit filled and commissioned to make disciples. We have something within us, our relationship with Jesus Christ that makes us unique. It makes us different. Uh, the Bible even calls us foreigners or strangers. And why is that? Because our citizenship is in heaven. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of God and the family of God. And therefore, wherever we go, we are no longer citizens of this world, so to speak. We are part of the family of God. I want to share with you about this family for a moment. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, it's not just some name in a book. He is not just some character in history. He is not a mythological character in the uh, universe. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. So the first point of this message today is simply this. Jesus Christ is our starter. He is our author. He is our beginner. No matter what happened in our life before we met Jesus Christ, He is the one that sets us on a path that no longer are we lost in the darkness of this world with a life that is driven and going to end in, a, in an eternity in darkness. But when we meet Jesus Christ and we accept Him as Savior and Lord, something dramatically changes within us. Fundamentally, we have a heart change and a life change. We don't walk the same way we once walked or we could walk. We don't think the same way. We don't talk the same way. We don't live the same way. Something has happened in our life. There is something within us that transforms us from the inside out. Jesus Christ is the author or the beginner. Beginner. He's the one that starts us out, that starts us off on this race that we race, like Paul talked about, that he raced the race, pushing forward toward the prize of salvation, our salvation and completion in Christ Jesus. In John 15, verse 5, the Bible says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And there is this reality. That without Jesus Christ, we are nothing. Jesus is the starter. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, 
Wherefore, seeing we also are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So first of all, Jesus is our starter. He is the beginner of our faith. He is the beginner of our life in in him. He is the beginner of salvation. He's the one that starts a good work in us. But Jesus Christ, the second point of this message is simply this. He is the finisher. So he doesn't start something in us that he won't complete in us. He begins a good work in us, and it is determined that he will complete that good work in us. To God be the glory. So anytime that you have a thought or the enemy comes against you and says, oh, you blew it, you're not going to make it. Hang on a minute. It is the will of God that you would move forward and you would complete your race in Christ on this earth. And when you are absent from this body, we will be present with the Lord. We are born again for eternity. I don't know about you, but that's pretty exciting for me. So Jesus Christ is the author, but he's also the finisher. Now, just for a moment, let me step aside and talk about theology. Theology. In the church world, we study theology, Calvinism, Arminianism, all these kind of isms and thoughts and processes. But I communicate to you today Pentecostal theology. First of all, Jesus Christ is our Savior. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Romans 3 and 23 says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6, 23 states that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And Romans chapter 10, verse 12 to 13, in that passage, it says, Whoever calls on the name of Jesus Christ shall be saved. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Second, Jesus Christ is our sanctifier. Jesus Christ is our savior. Jesus Christ is our sanctifier. Now, I must tell you that we don't use that word a lot today in everyday language. We don't walk up to somebody and say, when they're at Starbucks, are you sanctified? So I got a new way to describe this. And it came to me during the last six months, seven months. Well, about March, we started in this journey with this pandemic thing and coronavirus and COVID-19. And I was thinking about it and praying about it. And one day the Lord hit me. You know what? Jesus is our sanitizer. Amen. Yes, that's good. <laughs> that, that works, right? We, you know, sanctify. That's not really a 21st century term, but sanitize. Oh, wow. We all know what that means, don't we? But he sanitizes our mind our heart, our body, our relationships, our being, our thoughts, our eyes, everywhere we go, everywhere we move. Jesus Christ is not only our Savior, He is our sanitizer. He prevents us from things. He protects us from things. He guides us in things. And He will help us be better than what we would be without Him because in Him we live and move and have our being. And greater is He that is in us than He that is in the 
world. We overcome through Jesus' power and his anointing and his authority. And we have life and we have strength and we have hope. Jesus Christ is our Savior. Jesus Christ is our sanctifier. Jesus Christ is our Holy Spirit baptizer. He baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. He said, go wait for me to, to the apostles, to the disciples. Go wait for me in Jerusalem. And I will send you the comforter. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, after that comforter comes to you, you will be my witnesses. Jesus Christ is our Holy Spirit baptizer. Number four, Jesus Christ is our healer. Now, we've walked a journey this year, but it is not unlike a journey we walk in a year, except it's been a little bit more profound and pronounced and more crazy that people get sick and people die. And we go through the struggle. And there's fear. And there is challenge to what we are doing in our culture. But I must tell you, that Jesus Christ came to set people free. And he is our healer. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 4, reading there in verse 1 and 2, For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings. This is a very profound scripture in this aspect. Jesus Christ, as a rabbi, as a teacher, would wear an outer garment that would be a prayer shawl, a prayer garment. I was on the plane not long ago going to Jerusalem, to Israel, to Tel Aviv, to land and take a bus to Jerusalem and do that Israel tour journey. And in the middle of the night on this plane, at a particular time, these Jewish men would stand up all over that plane. You, many of you have probably been to Israel or some of you, maybe you've seen this. And in the middle of the night, they would take their prayer shawl and put it over their head. And they would pray. But here's the, the reality of that. When you lift up that shawl, it's as if somebody's standing there and they have wings. And so the Bible states that the sun would rise with healing in his wings. Jesus wasn't just any rabbi. He is the son of the living God. Amen. And he comes with healing in his wings. And no matter what struggle you have today, if it's mental, if it's physical, if it's spiritual, no matter what kind of challenge you have in your life or what fear might be there, listen, Jesus Christ is our healer. He still heals from disease. He still sets free. A few minutes ago, we read about Tabitha. Peter said to her, Tabitha, get up. She was 
was resurrected after she had already been prepared for burial. It wasn't like she took her last breath and he laid hands on her and she got up. No, this was the real deal. She had died. They had prepared her body, put her in an upper room, and then Peter went up. She'd been dead for a while. She'd been laying there in the bed dead. And he looked at her and he said, Tabitha, get up. I must tell you, in the name of Jesus Christ, he absolutely professed that. And just like when Jesus saw Jairus' daughter, and he went into her and he said, Daughter, get up. And then he told them all around, give her something to eat. She's hungry. Jesus Christ is our healer. He is our resurrector. He is our savior. He is our sanctifier, our sanitizer, our Holy Ghost baptizer. And I want to say to you today, not only is our, he our savior, not only is, our, he, is he our sanctifier, not only is he our Holy Ghost baptizer, not only is he our healer, but Jesus Christ is our soon coming king he is coming back again maranatha lord come quickly jesus christ is coming he's coming he's coming what does that tell us as a church it means get ready get ready get ready we've got to go out and do what is said in the book of jude snatch them out of the fire we must be going and pulling people into the kingdom of god Amen. Point number three of this message is simply this. Between your start and your finish, the Holy Spirit empowers and equips you with gifts from God. Now, I've journeyed for a while and I've pastored in places and I've planted churches and preached in a lot of places, but the Lord has profoundly put this in my heart, in my mind, in my life at this moment. Sean O'Neill, you've got to preach about the giftings of God. We walk around so often and we miss what God has for us. So, the Holy Spirit empowers and equips us with spiritual gifts. Between your start and your finish, the Holy Spirit equips and empowers you and I to go and serve. I'm going to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and the Bible says this, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now let me give you some context about this scripture. Paul the Apostle is writing here to the Corinthian church. He is communicating to them and he's saying, listen, remember something. Because if you go to the book of Acts in chapter 17, Paul had gone to Mars Hill he had gone to the Areopagus in Athens, and he went there and he pontificated, if you will. He, he reasoned by the mind. He would debate with them. He went and he stood at this hill, and we know that there were many idols to all kinds of gods, and he found the one with no name, and he said, I want to communicate to you about the unknown God. The, the, the God that you've said is the unknown God. I know him. And he communicates and he preaches. And the Bible says basically that some followed him. Some were saved. But then if you go to chapter 18 of the book of Acts, 
There is this moment where he comes and he goes to Corinth. He goes from Athens to Corinth and he preaches the gospel. But right here he is telling the Corinthians, do you remember that moment? Do you remember when I came to you? I didn't come to you with the, the wisdom of men or the excellence of speech or wisdom of declaring to you. I came to you in the power of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit in power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And in Acts chapter 18, right there in Corinth, verse 8, we find that many people follow Jesus. Why? Because Paul realized something. It doesn't matter how much I know and how much I've learned and how much I've studied. Without him, I can do nothing. And he came to the city of Corinth and he came in the power of the Holy Spirit and he professed the gospel of Jesus Christ and something happened. Why did something happen? Because he had something within him. The power and the anointing of Jesus Christ and the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and he preached in that power. Today, we have the opportunity to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit but to walk in the absolute anointing and assurance that we have gifts from the Father above that he sends through the Holy Spirit and the reality is this, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, into the world that through him the world might be saved. Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit sends... I'm looking around. Pastor Gaudi. Us. The Holy Spirit sends us. Let's all say that together. The Holy Spirit sends us. Oh, we can do better than that. The Holy Spirit sends us. The Holy Spirit sends us. But He doesn't send us without equipment and without gifts. Biblical scholars and pastors, especially Pentecostal charismatic ministers, have studied, continue to study. And have written about spiritual gifts. And very quickly, I just share with you, there are primarily a generalized summary of the gifts listed in the New Testament. It includes three lists. Ephesians chapter 4. Five ministry gifts for the church. Apostolic gift, prophetic gift, evangelistic gift, pastor shepherding, leadership gift, and teaching gift. And then in Romans chapter 12, there are seven gifts. So in my, my mind, I, 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 start, I kind of define it like this. So there's five and there's seven. And then in Corinthians chapter 12, there's nine. Five, seven, nine. Hmm. Chinch. Chasse. Shopte. Shopte. Noon. No, no. I'll get it. Chinch, shopte, no. So five, seven, nine. There's three different lists. 
And we as a church have the opportunity to study and say, oh, God, what gifts do you have for me? What did you bring for me? What do you have for me to empower me so not only can I live in this world, but I can live in the church and we come in and there's prophecies and there's, there's, there's words of knowledge and there's, there's power and there's anointing and there's something significant happening. And we go out and we profess and we transform in the power in the anointing of Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, because there's something within. We cannot stop ourselves from talking about Jesus when we're in love with Jesus. We can't stop ourselves from being followers of Jesus when we're in love with Jesus. We can't stop ourselves from walking in the way of Jesus Christ when we're followers of Jesus Christ because there's something within us that compels us to live for him, to walk for him, to talk for him, to be his light in the darkness of this world. And right now in this country, in this nation, in this world, I'm convinced in my mind, in my heart, in everything in me that God is calling his church to be the church. He's not calling his church just to meet again in another service, although that is good. He is not calling his church just to sing a better song, although that is good. He is not calling his church to look better or, or be different. He's calling us to be the church of the living God in a broken world and profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. And so with, I sh with that, I share this with you. Spiritual gifts will never work on empty. Spiritual gifts will never work on empty. So five gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. Seven gifts in Romans chapter 12, and then 12, uh, nine gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Five gifts in Ephesians chapter 4. Seven gifts in Romans chapter 12. Nine gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. But those spiritual gifts will never work on empty. Pastor Sean, what do you mean by that? What, is, what do you mean by saying that? I'm saying this. There have been so many times in the church when we've talked about one another. Oh, not me. And not here. Or we've judged one another. Or we've labeled one another. But can I say this to everyone today? <clears throat> In love. God doesn't have time for that. And neither do we. Because we have a job to do. We have a work to do. And we need each other. And we need him. More than any time in history. Cheryl and I have worked with this incredible community, the Romanian community, for, wow, a long time, almost 30 years. I was that crazy young, we were the crazy young couple from the Americans 
youth pastors in the Romanian, Philadelphia Romanian church way back then. I mean, way back then. We didn't have video screens. I remember we did a slideshow presentation once so we could show everything the youth group was doing. Slideshows, click, click, click. Old school. Here's the thing. Every culture, every tribe, every nation, we are one in Christ when we know Jesus. And we have so much to do, so little time to get it done. Because there are so many people that are so empty, starving for hope, because they've never heard about Jesus. And if we fuss and we challenge, we could look like the most spiritual person in the church. But spiritual gifts do not work on empty. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, nine gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Paul under the anointing of the Holy Spirit writes these words. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always serves, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Verse 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. few days into September, we received a phone call early in the morning, late in the night. In fact, there were probably another three or four phone calls that night. Uh, my wife's father-in-law was sick. He had been sick. We'd been praying for him to be healed. And he had been healed from cancer. But now he was sick again. And we were there and we were praying and we were figuring out how we would make the journey to try to get to where he was. In these times, not everybody can make those journeys. And we know that. And we can't always make it to where our loved ones are. In this moment, we received a miracle and I was able to get Cheryl to where her father was in Indiana. And she was able to spend a few hours with him. Our son and our daughter and I traveled a little later, but we made it there. That was on Thursday night, Friday Cheryl went, Saturday we arrived, Sunday I was there with the family, and we prayed with him and he went to heaven. And it was a beautiful moment of praying together with the family. But his life was a life lived with something within. The power 
the anointing of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. He lived his entire life reflecting Jesus Christ. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. He worked about 34 years in a factory making refrigerators. He grew a garden every year. Sometimes almost three acres of garden. Um, at one point, many acres grew toma tomatoes. He was the son of a farmer who had pigs. Fear me la pork, I say that. And here was this man, and he would grow this garden. And there was a man across the street that had a garden, and he would have a vegetable stand and, and work and sell vegetables. My father-in-law had something within, a very humble man who gave money to the church and was at the church every time the door opened and prayed with people and prayed for them. But he took all of his produce that he grew every year and he gave it away to whoever needed it. He gave it all away, everything. And so even in, as an 80-year-old person, a man in his 80s who passed away, there were more than 200 people that came to the funeral. And many watched online. Why? Why? In fact, the month before he passed away, we found records where he had sent money to Israel, to the ministry there, and to other places, giving, sowing into the kingdom of God. Why? Because he had something within. The power and anointing of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And so for all of us, young and not young, how do you like that? We have the opportunity to do more than have a label that says I'm a Christian. We have the opportunity to be stirred by the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of Jesus Christ to change the world, to be transformers, to live with something within. That something within is the power and presence of God, the power and presence of His Holy Spirit to walk out of the sanctuary and change the world in the power of Jesus' name and lift up the name of Jesus Christ. He is Lord. He saves. He sets free. He is our deliverer. He is our Savior. He gives life and life abundantly. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's been labeled the Rose of Sharon and the Lily of the Valley and the Wheel within the Wheel. He is the, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, and He sets us free. We have victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I asked my mother-in-law to give me this song. I asked Cheryl to find the words, and I know it's a song you can find on YouTube, but it's simply called Something Within Me. I'm going to read this verse of this song, and then we're going to pray. It simply says this, Now have you that something, that burning desire? Have you that something that never does tire? Well, if you have it, it's that heavenly fire. Then go tell the world, 
Praise the Lord. You have something within. You've got the power of God. You have the presence of God. You have the authority of Jesus Christ. You have the anointing of Jesus Christ. Something within me. So today, three questions. In all of this time, this season, this journey, maybe you have a business that's struggling because of COVID-19. Maybe you've been walking through the challenges of the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe in illness or struggle or family challenges or difficulties or children that are wandering or I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. Or if you're young and you're saying, what is my life going to hold? I ask you today, are you running on empty? Second question, how is your relationship with God? I could put a bumper sticker on my car and say I'm a member of the Church of God or I'm a member of the Maranatha Romanian Church or I'm a member of... But that really doesn't tell the condition of my heart. How is your relationship with God? And the third question today, do you desire... Every gift that God has for you from the Holy Spirit. I invite you to stand with me. And I go back to those questions. Primarily, are you running on empty? You may say, I'm tired, I'm weary, I, I, I can't sleep well at night, I, I struggle. I came here today because I always come here, but I needed to be here this day. And I communicate to you that you had an appointment with God today and you didn't even, perhaps even know it. Because he had an appointment for you. Are you running on empty? Second question, how is your relationship with God? If you were to die today, are you sure that you would be in heaven? And I communicate that you can be sure by receiving Jesus Christ. And if you've wandered away, it's time to come back. He's waiting for you. Bow your heads with me. Father, I pray today for every person here, every person here that is struggling, maybe they're empty, they're, they're lonely, they're burdened, they're struggling at night to sleep and they're wondering, can there be more? How am I going to make it? And God, I pray for that person right now that you would strengthen them and give them courage and give them hope and give them life. And Father, for that person that would say, I don't have a good relationship with God anymore. What's on the outside isn't reflecting what's on the inside. Save me and set me free. Yes. Renew my life. Yes. Right where you are in your own way. I just ask you, if you say, uh, Pastor Sean, I, I need that relationship. 
I need Jesus. Just right where you are, as we pray in the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to ask you to pray together with me. And I want to ask you just to pray that prayer. Those here that would say, I'm too far away and I'm too empty and I need Jesus in my life to say, Lord Jesus, save me. And I just ask you today for that third question. I want every gift that God has for me from his Holy Spirit. And I just ask you to join me in prayer today. Father, we praise you. God, we glorify you. We pray in the name of your Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ, we praise you. God, we worship you today. We praise your holy name. Father, we pray your anointing on every person here. We pray your fire and your power. God, stir us up. Father, we pray that you would stir up that something within. It's the power of your Holy Spirit. It's the anointing of God. Father, I pray you would save and set free and deliver in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Father, we praise you. We glorify. I pray for every person today, God. If they don't know Jesus, they would come to Jesus. God, if there's somebody here that's wandered away, Father, you would strengthen them today. In the name of Jesus Christ, save, set free, give victory. God, I pray for healing today. Healing power. Heal those that are sick. Heal those that are wounded. Heal those that are hurting. In the name of Jesus, we pray healing. God, we pray healing from cancer and healing from heart disease and healing from diabetes. Hallelujah, God, we praise you. We give you glory. Father, I pray you'd pour out your spirit. Give us every gift you have for us. God, let the church be the church. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray victory, victory, victory. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Laudasă fie Domnul. Haideți să ocupăm locurile. Mulțumire, ne închinăm stăpânului și aducem laudă pentru dimineața aceasta. Vă reamintesc familiile pentru botez să fiți cel mai târziu la 5.30 aici cu tinerii pregătiți ca să putem să facem uh, group picture și de asemenea să putem să faceți uh, să aveți posibilitatea să faceți poze cu familia. La ora 6 cu ajutorul Domnului următoarea slujbă fratele Șan va fi de nou împreună cu noi, dar mai presus ne rugăm ca Domnul să ne binecuvinteze. Cu arul și pacea Domnului ne despărțim și dacă vă place și e bine God bless you. I don't want to hear anymore. Teach me to listen. I don't want to see anymore. Give me a vision that you could move this heart. To be set apart I don't 